0: our scripture for today. We actually have two come from the book of Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 19 and then we will read Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, surely, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are more cursed than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Our second passage is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Paul writes in his epistle to the church in Philippi, and he gives us this hymn on the person of Christ. He says, "...let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men." And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God, the Father. this is the word of God for the people of God Well it's good to be go. It's good to be with you all this morning. I have to admit, I've been looking forward today for at least six months, actually longer than that, because we knew we, were com- we knew we were coming here before you knew we were coming here. So we've actually been looking forward to today for much longer than that. I love Christmas time. I love Advent. I enjoy the celebrations. I love the family time. I love everything to do with Christmas and the time of preparation and leading up to Christmas. But I also enjoy preaching during Advent. Probably my two favorite times to preach... I like preaching altogether, but my favorite times are Advent and Christmas and Holy Week and Easter. Go figure. That's the best times to be preaching. It is a very Christ centered time of year as it prepares us for celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. In the coming weeks, we will be looking a bit at the prophecy surrounding the birth of Jesus. And we will culminate with a reflection on the birth of Jesus itself on Christmas Eve. This is a great time of year for those who are unconnected to a church to venture out and hear the good news. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, God called all of us to be fishing for people. and I hope that you have been working to fish for people and I hope you continue To fish for people. Or begin if you haven't already. Because this is the prime time for people to come to hear and learn about the Lord. It is also a logical time to examine the nature of Jesus. Who he is. What he is. It is a good time to examine why Jesus needed to come in the way that he did. Today we start at the beginning. The beginning. The actual start of all of it. God has created his magnificent creation. And I believe it is a tenet of the Christian faith that regardless of how you believe things were made... That you believe that God made it. Everything that exists, God has made. God in His creation, each step along the way, He remarks in Genesis that it is good. And at the very end, when He creates His most beloved creation, that which He makes in His own image... Humanity," He says at the conclusion that it is very good. When I began here, I talked a little bit about the way I preach, the way I write sermons. And I mentioned that... I always like to look for where the conflict is in the scripture. What the trouble is in the scripture. And it is this that happens here. That is the problem of all problems. This is where all the problems of humanity stem forth from. This is where it begins. And it is the love that God has for humanity in spite of what happens here, that is going to propel the story of human history down the path that it does until it reaches its apex at the manger and even more so at the cross. So what is the problem? Most people will be like, well, that's obvious. God said, don't eat from the tree. Adam and Eve ate from the tree. And so there you go. They disobeyed. They did not follow the rules, which we talked about following the rules in the children's message today. And it is true that the rules that God puts forth, they're not because God is trying to be a fuddy-duddy. It's because God is looking out for the interests of his creation, and particularly human beings. So if all it came down to was God said, I don't want you to eat from that tree because I just don't think you need to eat from that tree. And human beings ate from it. And God said, I told you not to eat from the tree. All that would have needed to have been done is have a sit down and say, I told you not to eat. You know, it's like with a kid. You take them and say, I told you not to eat from the tree, but you ate from the tree. So the reason why I told you not to eat from the tree was because of this. So now, from now on, don't eat from the tree. It was much bigger than that. We have to look at the reason what the real sin was in the garden was. Why? What is the why here? Why did they do what they did? What was the reason for eating from the tree? Well, what we find is that what this tree is going to offer is God-like understanding. The knowledge of good and evil or better way to put it is the ability to decide what you think is good and what you think is evil. A serpent comes to tempt Eve. We know who that is. He is a representation, a representative of the Satan, the deceiver, the accuser. And he says, look, if you eat from this tree, you're going to be like God. So why don't you go ahead and eat from the tree? That is our explanation right there. The problem was, was we didn't want to have to wait for God to tell us what to do and what not to do. We wanted to try to make the decisions for ourselves. We wanted to put ourselves in the place of God. Now think about that for a minute you know your Old Testament a little bit, why does Lucifer fall from heaven? He wanted to make himself like God. It is the same temptation, it is the same failing. The desire to say, yes, I know God made everything, but I want to be the one in charge. I don't want to have to listen to him, I want to be the one in charge. That is what the failing is. It is greed, the desire to say, I'm going to be the one to call the shots here, not God. I'm not going to listen to him. In essence, it's the desire to do away with God. To say, why do we need God if we can know everything, do everything, and pull everything off? Scientists are continually working on trying to figure out how to cheat death. There are famous people that go and when they die, they have themselves frozen in the hopes that maybe someday someone will be able to thaw them out and reanimate them. It's kind of a scary thought if you really think about it. Human popsicles, not very pleasant at all. But again, the root of it all is a desire to be like God. To say, God, step aside, let us run the show. We want to be in charge. Now, how does this all work out as a problem? Well, it's the way that it happened. Humanity tried to take something that it wasn't ready for, rather than waiting and allowing God to move them along the path that He intended for them. We were made in His image. We are meant to be like God, just not in the way that we tried to make it happen. We wanted the glory and not the responsibility If you look throughout all of the book of Genesis, it's full of what we call fall narratives. Immediately after they're kicked out of the garden, what happens? Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain gets jealous of Abel, kills his brother. God asks the question, where is your brother? And Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? The unspoken answer is, yes, you're your brother's keeper. That's part of what it means to be made in the image of God, is you're supposed to care for one another. And did he do it? No. He chose to be selfish. I won't go into the details of it, but even that story that people tend to get cross-eyed over and confused about, that Nephilim, if you remember ever reading about that before Noah and the flood, what that's all about is, again, trying to bridge this gap between humanity and God in an unnatural way. Not in the way that God intended. The Tower of Babel was built because mankind wanted to try to take themselves to the heavens on their own ability, in their own time, in their own way. When I was a graduate student in college, I took a class called um, Unintended Consequences in American Policy History. When you're in graduate school, classes have big long names like that that don't really seem to make a whole lot of uh, sense right at the get-go. But to kind of make it short here, what that was all about was uh, the teacher that I had, he was basically the one and only uh, libertarian in the department. And the whole class was about how any time the government tries to solve this problem, end up making another problem over here. think agriculturally about all the pests that we have and the times that uh, we've tried to bring in other animals or other plants or whatever to try to get rid of the pest and then what happens is the thing that we brought in ends up becoming an even bigger pest does that resonate with anybody here and I think we all kind of understand that a little bit that's what the class was about but really what it comes down to is this trying to play God Trying to play God when we don't know all the facts. It could be argued that the root cause of all of humanity's suffering is because we tend to make God-sized decisions with a limited human-sized understanding. We grasp for power. we, We grasp for control. We grasp for authority and we neglect compassion, patience and kindness. All of the, the the sufferings and the evils and the things that break people 's hearts that we see in our world throughout history are the result of this slavery, abortion, war, genocide, winner take all economics, environmental degradation. I can go on. And on down the line. All are essentially the result of human beings wanting to control their environment. To control those around them at the expense of other people and other things. This is what the fall is. This is what the whole problem comes down to. We think we know it all and we don't. We think we know it all, and we act upon it, and we make more problems. Now we need some good news, because this is the this is when we talk about bad news in the text. This is it. This is the coup de grace. This is the mamma mia of all problems. But there is something important to go back to, and that is God made us in His image. You see, the desire to be like God is natural. The desire of the child to be like their parent is natural and intended. In fact, if you read all the way to the end of the story in Revelation... What we find is a reuniting of God and man in such a way that there is virtually no separation between the two. The issue comes down to the means by which it happens. We wanted to be like gods in order to have control over our destiny. We thought that if we grasped for the power, we would be able to bring ourselves to our final destination in our own way. It's the same problem with why Abraham had so many problems. He tried to have the child of promise in his own way. But God shows us how it was meant to happen. In the book of Philippians, Paul explains that God becomes a man in order to be served, or in order to serve, And not be served. He becomes a man in order to be oppressed. Not be the oppressor. He becomes a man in order to suffer like others. And not to dominate. Ultimately he becomes a man in order to die on a cross as a criminal. So that broken and sin stained humanity. Might enjoy a restoration into who and what. They were always intended to be. Jesus, God the Son, is ironically fully God and fully man. Not because of the power that he had the right and the ability to exert. But because of the love, compassion, and weakness that he chose to share and experience with us. As we progress through this Advent season, let us remember the ultimate reason for the promise of Jesus' coming being rooted in our need to be reunited with God. Let us grow a deeper understanding and appreciation of what makes Him the only human being in all of history who is worthy of being revered as the living God. He wasn't the man who achieved godhood. He is the God who became a man. Amen.